Jason Gould Show. Hey, I'm Barry Rothbart. And I'm Lucas Neff. Um, so today, Lucas, do you want to talk about what we have? Uh, and I, I now I've never actually said this, but we have probably one of the most profound episodes we've ever had. Yeah, pr- uh, profound and profoundly interesting. Profoundly interesting. Um, uh, it, it we, we it was it was fun. It was uh, we learned a lot. We got into some very very uh, interesting stuff, and also it got emotional. Yeah, yeah, and it, like in a way that I, I don't think we've had on the show yet. This is a three hundred and sixty degrees conversation, yeah. and maybe the most easy to listen to because our guest has one of the n- nicest sounding voices yeah. that's ever been heard on on podcast land yeah and um, and who is our guest our guest if in case you hadn't guessed it is guessed coming... it yeah <laughs> this is our first segment of the day um, uh, you're welcome uh our our guest today is clementine wamaria uh apologies for the pronunciation uh and i think she, you did great i think i did okay too yeah. she's an author she's a ted talker uh she's an ivy league graduate she worked with the obama administration on human rights uh, she's a human rights ambassador, and uh, today we discuss her book, which was just uh, released, The Girl Who Smiled Beads, which uh, is an incredible read. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's a, she escaped the Rwandan genocide in uh, 1994, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, for those of you don't, uh, don't know exactly about that, look it up. It, it was horrific, and... She yeah. has an incredible story about it, and as now a, she's spreading the word. As about, a child, she she yeah. escaped. She escaped and became a refugee and came to America with her sister, uh, and then was reunited with her family in 2006 on the Oprah Winfrey Show. And her book is about both the experience, which is also an incredible clip. Yeah, it's yeah. A, watch that. Um, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And and her book is about her experience uh, in Africa during during the genocide, and also her experience coming over. And a lot of the conversation that we'll have is about the different ways uh, she's been able to establish her own identity as a person who's been through something like that, but is also her own person after that. Yeah, and it, it's a wild, it's incredible. incredible, insightful, what, profound conversation. And uh, we will try and we try as hard as we can to uh, not sound stupid in in while talking to this incredibly intelligent woman because we were so high. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get high because let's get high. This is where the, yeah, that's what's going to happen. It's, it's right, inevitable. You, this, this is point. what you're going to want to listen to. Okay, bye, All right. bye. Saving the world with Barry Rothbart and Lucas Neff. Nothing from nothing, leave nothing. You gotta have something if you wanna be with me. Nothing from nothing, Great, thank you so much for joining us. We're really excited Absolutely. to have you on the program. What a great book, by the way, too. Yeah, have you both have had a, some time to dive in? Yeah. I, I've actually been traveling, and I've been reading it on airplanes. And yeah. uh, boy, oh boy, great read. It yeah. Really, yeah. I, I mean, uh, it, it got me to the point that I was starting to... I, I, I read your book, and it was so compelling and, and 
and and in, insightful that I started reading the other books that you mentioned afterwards, like that oh, you kept referencing. Like I started reading Austerlitz, the W.D. Sebald <laughs> book, and I reread uh, Eli Weasel's Night again. Afterwards, yeah. it's such a I it mean, sounds a little really like Lucas is in. bragging about how it's much you read. Because I am, I, I read a lot, Clementine, and I want you to be impressed by me. I, I read a, a lot of a lot of pages. I really packed it in here. I read less, but I read better. Uh, I would yeah. disagree with that entirely, Clementine. He's misleading you. I'm both a prolific and uh, and very good reader. Um, um, you yeah, are so funny. Uh, yeah, I think uh, we have a we have a question for you about your book. Um, yeah, and and it's sort of hopefully can get listeners to sort of uh, uh, sort of like ease into sort of understanding um, uh, the book you wrote, which is once again f- a really fascinating read. Um, mm-hmm. The title is very interesting. The the girl who smiled beads. Yes. Um, and for people who aren't familiar with the book, maybe you could walk us through why you chose that as the title. Well, I chose uh, the title for many reasons, but the three reasons. One is it's it's uh, in two thousand. I think maybe it was in two thousand and and uh, twelve or something. Two thousand and twelve. Um, uh, Oprah invited me to go to speak to her girls in South Africa, and I, you know, showed up, and um, and I was just so present because it was my first time going back to South Africa since I, you know, since like uh, 1997, and so I went back with my sister. It was beautiful, beautiful uh, gathering of all these different phenomenal people. And, and then immediately when I was walking to the welcoming hall, I saw this beautiful doll and this doll was beaded from head to toe. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm an emotional person. I, I, I've just, I'm open to that. And, and I just started crying. And and my sister was like, "What's wrong with you?" And and this is Claire, my oldest. Yeah, very sister. natural reaction and for a sister yeah. to have. <laughs> <laughs> like, What's wrong with wrong? you? It's like, yeah. are you having? I'm like, did I have a doll like that? And she said, "No, you do not have a doll like that. It's a story. It's about the girl who smiled beads." And then she's like, "Oh my!" And I'm like, "Wait, how did the story go?" And she started, and I was like, "Wrong." And she's like, this is why I never told you this story. Oh, wow. And so the story is my nanny growing up. That's the story that she used to be able to make me do anything. I mean, it was like a trick. <laughs> and and it's like, Clementine, go brush your teeth. And then it's, it's a story that really... Um, my nanny told me stories that had no end. And this one, uh, there was not an end to it, but there was a conclusion to it that I didn't like. And so every day I added on the conclusion that I liked. And and so, you know, the story, it's a fairy tale. It's like a combination of um, the adventure of Alice in Wonderland and um, what's that? The German tale where they leave little crumbs of the bread Hansel behind. and Gretel? Yes, that one. It's it's, it's yeah. almost like the I've read that one as well. <laughs> yeah, it's dark. That's a dark story. It's, it's, yeah, uh-huh. it's dark stories. It's a combination of like those fairy tales, but in Rwanda, there's a whole art of storytelling, and so I wrote that. Uh, that story, uh, well, the title is The Girl Who Smiled Beads because it's a story that worked for me when I was a child. And, and 
And I love the character so much. I wanted to be her. I wanted to roam around the world and just when I smile, beads appear. And when I was a child going from one country to another, I believe that that's the person that I had just become. Even though this story didn't sometimes fall into when I smiled, beads didn't appear. And in this character, her mother could follow the trails of beads she left behind. And so I wanted to smile so much so that my mom, you know, could follow the trails of beads that, you know, I left behind. And so that is one. And that's like the girl in the story. Yeah, that's like the girl in the story. And so it, it, that's who I always thought that I was as growing up. And then I lost, I lost her. I lost that imagination when the world, you know, offered a very different reality. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so that's number one. And then number two, I really want people to remember their fairy tales. You know, um, when I began this process of writing, I bought so many fairy tales from all over the world. <laughs> My Amazon, it was like, what is going on? <laughs> you know, I bought like, you know, all, all, all like Asian fairy tales. I bought all these. European Did you have a favorite, tales. a favorite like uh, area or country's fairy tales? You know, I love this sort of the southern, the southern sort of epics, the southern East Asia epics. They are incredible. They are just vicious. <laughs> there's nothing. There's like the women, the character of the women are so strong. Um, so, you know, the, like the tale of Galgamesh. I mean, it's, it's it, you know, from between um, uh, between like Southeast Asia to like Middle East. It's just, I love I love how eccentric the characters are, how animals are speaking and and everything's walking. And so I just want people to remind um, themselves of the tales within their region that worked for every being around them. I, and yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yes. Continue. Just... Yeah. So, so that's that's second. And then third for me, I love the Afrocentric of storytelling. So I want to welcome that Afrocentric way of speaking and working through life because everybody, everything, it revolves around in circle. Everything comes back. There's no end. And and so, I mean, you know, uh, the little bit of taste that we just got, got in USA is the um, sort of Black Panther, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, it, you know, that's that's that the tale. Movie. Like the movie, yeah. yes. So the movie uh, Black Panther and like the Wakanda, like that structure of storytelling, yeah. you know, where... You know where it's almost people, mythology. Yeah, it, exactly. feels, it feels ancient, like an exactly. ancient type of story. It, absolutely, absolutely. So I really wanted to well honor done, that. Barry. By the way, <laughs> 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 by the way, by the way, like that is like when I titled the book. It was way before 
it was way before Black Panther, the movie. It was way before the Wakanda ideology came out because I really wanted to honor, I know, I really wanted to honor um, my nanny. I really wanted to honor the idea of storytelling, but also the Afrocentric way because everybody and everything is, it's infinity. It, it's in full circle. You know, there's, just like our lives, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, speaking of storytelling, you know, reading your book, uh, it was it, your your way of telling the story. It felt it felt kind of innocent and surreal. And it, did did any of that influence you? Uh, the the fairy tales you wrote in in the way you told the story because you're dealing with some heavy subject matter, and it felt like you kind of you had a way of uh, dealing with it uh, with an innocence that maybe a fairy tale would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, people think that's an innocence. You know, word innocence in English, it bothers me, actually. I'm so sorry. Uh, I take no, it back. No, no, I, can, no. I can revise that question. Uh-huh. No, 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 yeah. no. This is like one what? of my yeah. words. Like, I yeah. I find words, like the historical context of where the words come from, and then the way the word is carried in everyday life. The word innocence is very, like... Um, it's 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 a loaded word. I actually would say not innocence. I would say imagination, maybe a little bit. Where mm-hmm. um, for me, it's not an innocent because I'm definitely not innocent. In imagination the, was the word I was looking for, actually. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's it's the it's the freedom to be able to articulate ideas, giving him a room to expand. Right. And not keeping the ideas frozen. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what that means is, you know, the story begins right on stage on the Oprah show. Right. And it gives you an idea of both this joyfulness, but also this like. What just happened? Yeah, right. I mean, what, what just it, happened? Yeah, it, it's it, reading it, it. It really is one of those moments that seems impossibly layered and and paradoxical in wh- what sort of the effects must have been like to go through personally. Um, absolutely, it's one absolutely. of those things I really can't wrap my mind around how profoundly strange and multitudinous that moment must have been That's for terrible. you, Lucas. It, it was everything. And it was everything. And, 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 and throughout the years, it's been even really important because looking, looking at that moment through various stages of my life, and, and I'm sure I will forever, um, and then how others reacted to it is how I presented in different parts of the chapter, right? Mm-hmm. Because it gives people an idea that, you know, the way in which one is casted, Right. Mm-hmm. That's the way in which the person then is taken into the world. Right. And for me, that was like, that's how my neighbors saw me. You know, that's how it was, it was thrust. Upon, it was an identity that was sort of chosen for you or thrust yeah. upon you or just was like became ubiquitous in a way that was it, sort of inescapable. Exactly. And so for me, representing that moment, giving the room for the producers, for, you know, Oprah, for everybody to come in and fill in. I don't want it to be the end all of my thought. Mm-hmm. I want them to also add on because the producers, some of them, I became friends with them. You know, they themselves had a particular way they wanted to tell this story. The audience was filled with many survivors of the Holocaust. 
And so they themselves were longing for a moment. And then the students who also 50 students who had won, they were also an audience. And so it's it's an, an expansion. And, and, and so and also giving people the details of the everyday of refugee life um, in, in camps. You know, I wanted to go back into that place of an intensive vulnerability of 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 just the daily life of just walking and and going to fetch water and then and then going to get words and, and then just your life being about how to keep the body alive how to keep your breath not even like your imagination yeah. because it, you know imagination is not there your imagination is linked back to your stomach yeah, you know, I remember you. I, I remember you referencing in the book uh, a passage from Eli Weasel about that, about how he'd been reduced in night to nothing yeah. more than a starving stomach. Like yes. the rest of his body had sort of had been uh, condensed or, or, or you know, just reduced to this one sort of throbbing need for an yeah. organism. Um, and I, I actually had a question about that for you, if you mm-hmm. allow me to sort of yeah. riff, riff on yeah. that. Um, mm-hmm. It's that there, there seems to be sort of two experiences you describe uh, when you talk about sort of like uh, uh, when you talk about your relationship to genocide, even the word itself uh, mm-hmm. and, and how it sort of seems to be too clinical or too removed or too depersonal to really mm-hmm. capture the sort of in, infinitude of personal experiences that, mm-hmm. that occur during it. Great words. Lucas doesn't <laughs> always use these words. Yeah. This is uh, no, no, no. Don't listen the... to him. This is how I always no, no, talk. This is, this is incredible. Exact, this is a hundred percent of the time You've... who I am. He's, he's you lying to your face right now in a way I've never seen. <laughs> he's lying to your face. Don't believe a word. Um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, I was curious about this sort of relationship between genocide uh, and I apologize. I don't have a better word for it. But how genocide both is a depersonalizing experience. Where you are, you feel that you, you, your imagination is gone, your mindfulness is gone, your your body is worn down to its mm-hmm. most basic senses, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time that you cannot understand the experience of genocide without understanding how intensely personal it is. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering about that relationship between the depersonal and, and the very personal, and how those things can be resolved and reconciled. Well, I, you know, I as you said it, you know, how we reconcile, you know, with experiences, with, with a title or a label and the, and what is the experience behind it and how we reconcile with that. Right. And, and I understand, I understand why we need, we needed that word in, you know, in, in the forties, right. To be able to express an idea, right. Uh, of of what has uh, occurred, right? And so, and, and actually, I remember when I encountered that word genocide. It was first, of course, in eighth grade, and I was really upset. But my actually my anger it didn't it didn't it didn't actually click in when I was in in Berlin and I went to this museum and saw the word again and the genocide it was being described for the um the namibia the people in namibia who were experimented on by germans way early in the 30s 
And then they took those experiments and then they used it in the castration camps. And so to be able to take the connection between Namibia and South Africa and take it back to Germany and then bring it back into the United States and then back into 2004 in eighth grade, right? For me, what takes me is actually the emotional journey, the history of the word itself, and then also this, the destructions in which have occurred behind these terms, and then how it's also used to be able to mask of what has occurred. And so the word itself is numbing. It's emotionless and it's bloodless. It's dehumanizing, right? Mm-hmm. But you see, and so for me, I am really interested in continuing the conversation and how words rob people's experiences, right? But also what fills it in then, right? And and then you said something about, you know, when you're stripped of all your senses, right? Or mm-hmm. you, when you get to that level of only basic of your senses. So, okay, so then let's line up the word itself and let's line up all of our senses, right? Mm-hmm. Way we see, the way we smell, the way we taste, the way we t- whatever, the six senses or five senses, I could say maybe six senses, right? In the way in which we take in the words. So to someone who's never experienced it or emotionally connected, they won't see the word from that angle. Mm-hmm. But because, yeah. do you see what I mean? Yeah. So for me, um, as I entered this journey for the past five years, I had to be completely like unnumb myself from these so-called terms to be able to give my readers something that they can feel about that every word and every moment that I paint with words, it gives them that kind of like, woo. Oh, I need to be very careful when I use that word, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that is just basic training. And and I'm excited to be able to partner and collaborate uh, with people in these fields to be able to unnumb ourselves. Because, I don't know, I live in San Francisco. Everybody's talking about AI. It's like being able to do everything for everybody. Mm. And we actually had a guest able- talk about killer robots yeah. on this show. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's scary. To stop them. Yeah. To stop them. Not in, in oh. favor of them. Yeah. Well, 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 if we're already talking about that, then I need to bring, you know, Octavia Butler. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. Can you? Uh-huh. Can you get her? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have her on? Can you get her on the line? No. Um, Octavia you were saying Butler. It. You know, speaking of Octavia Butler in the present, you know, she passed away not that while ago. But she, you need to bring in somebody who has spent, you know, I could connect with someone who spent, you know, all of her there, like life and academic and also socially bringing in her ideology and imagination. Mm-hmm. And so, and when I talk about feelings, also feelings about it also I cannot emphasize also on speaking about Audrey Lord because Audrey Lord is reminding us that we're nothing but feelings but our feelings have been manipulated and and we've accepted because that's the way of life right mm-hmm. and and so 
again, let's go back. Words. Words matter. Words. Right? They can heal and they can kill, yet they have a limit. And so how as our generation, as we say, we are the creators of what comes next, right? Every mm -hmm. single day and everything we create, how do we unnumb ourselves? That's one. Two, how do we become intentional about it so that when different moments in our time where we have control, it doesn't happen, and then we come back later and read stories like Elie Wiesel and myself and many other people that in which I bring up, such as Toni Morrison, reflect on the experiences of the African Americans, right? And also as well, well, maybe not African, maybe just Black Americans or Indigenous people of this country, right? Mm -hmm. What What is it that in which we can be present? Yeah, um, I, and... You know, what struck me, speaking of words, in your TED Talk, you mentioned uh, using terms like other, them, they, you know, th mm -hmm. words that uh, seem to divide. or And, and I think you actually mentioned that they, they're destructive. So mm -hmm. looking at, I mean, if you look at the way we communicate now, it seems full of that. So when you look mm -hmm. at our current situation, especially in the United States or I guess around the world is... Uh, you know how how do you how do you see the discourse from your vantage point yeah well so for me it's also just encouraging the us right it's all of us right that kind of full circle that kind of afrocentric way it's all of us right we are all are linked um and i rather than fight those idea of saying us you know, them, you know, uh, they're, you know, it, it kind of using that language of separation. Separates. It separates us, yes, yeah. separate. I want to find and work and surround myself of humans and communities that are embracing in the us. And so that's how I do it. So wherever I go, um, I want to find people who are of us. So, like, for example, I was just in, in Verona in Italy. And, you know, we, I was with one of my dearest friends from Germany. Um, we drove from Munich all the way to Verona and we stopped in all these different cities. And, um, and then before we could get a reference of the restaurant, I said, what are, what is the one of the oldest restaurants slash wine, wine place in Verona? And we were able to be given that. And we closed down the restaurant. <laughs> and the two people who were closing the restaurant, one of them was a manager. He um, he is from, I think he was from Saudi Arabia. And he's been there for a long time. Was ready to marry my friend um, from from Munich. He was like, I wow. love her. I just want to marry her. And, this is the and most romantic story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> And then they brought us down to the cellar and we're like, oh, then this this wine is 200 years old. Oh I don't know, maybe God. they were making up stuff. And the, the other one is from Verona. He says his family has been in business for the longest time, but they really want to, they really want to 
continue the traditional way of why wine is important to Italy, and at least in that region, not just the commerce of it. Like five hundred, you know, five hundred dollars, you know, bottle of wine, whatever. Let's tell you what went through it. Let's tell you what the farm is about. Let's tell you the story of this wine. That, that's that community building. That's that is that, that community like, building. Yeah, tie it to a greater narrative. That it, exactly. It, we will always make money. You, but let's go back to the center of our story that makes us us. That's a uh, a great point and. I'm going to I'm going to use it. I think it's a perfect time to to bring in one of our our segments. Oh yeah, we yeah. do segments. <laughs> Lucas seems very unsure about this right now. But... No, no, no. We do segments. I just uh, uh like I said a little uh well uh like we sh- at all, on all programs, little stoned, little yeah. uh little just navigating uh through, you know, all the decisions I have to make in order Are to you, Is do that the is segment. this okay? Clementine, we can do one. Is it all right to do a segment? <laughs> what did you say? Would yeah, you like we... to would you like to hear this segment? Absolutely. Okay, Okay. it's called On This Day. All right. I loved it. Okay. (laughs) It's one of our favorite segments. So it's pretty self-explanatory. I'm I'm sure you listen all the time to our podcast. uh, I get a lot of criticism for this segment because uh, Uh from Barry uh, almost entirely. Uh, th- because it's it's so self indulgent. It's gotten a little and, fat. Uh, it's, gotten got, a, it's very. Got it's you. much longer than balance. it should be. Okay, it's I know. A balance. There is a balance. There, you're absolutely right. This balance has been thrown important. out of balance. Having said that, I there. What this segment is is that I talk about things that are positive in history that happened on this day. It's like a little oh. bit of like, hey, it ties you to history. It ties yeah. you to the greater narrative, much like you were talking mm-hmm. about, with mm-hmm. with interesting and positive facts that happened on this day, which is June 25th. To stay positive. Now, to be fair, the day that people will be listening to this, that you, the audience, are listening to this, it's not June 25th anymore. So it's no longer <laughs> this day. But on this spoiler, day, spoiler. On this day, which is right now when we're recording, June twenty fifth, not the day that you'll be listening, um, a, a bunch of really cool I like things. You happen. always clarify this as if people are just going to be in chaos, like wondering why you're talking about the wrong day. I think that we have a lot of first time listeners because our our audience is always growing. Like, yeah, you know, we got Clementine today. As far as we know she's already on board. Yeah, um, okay, I'm let's, on. Let's I'm jump on in. It. Let's jump in. Now, I, I've, like I said before, I've gotten a lot of criticism for that this segment is getting too long, and I was told to shorten it this up. This intro is now getting too long. <laughs> but uh, so many great things happened today that it's going to run a little long, <laughs> and I thought that was okay. Um, on June 25th, this day, which is not today that oh you're listening, on, in 1678, what first was awarded a doctorate of philosophy? Venetian Elena, a Venetian from Venice, Venetian Elena Cornaro Piscopia is the first what awarded a doctorate Wait, of why philosophy. Why is this a trivia question now? Okay, I'll tell you what <laughs> yeah, it yeah. is. She, in 1678, on June 25th, Elena Cornaro Piscopia was the first woman awarded a doctorate of philosophy when she graduated from the University of Padua. Hey. Which is like a cool first. Padua, I love Padua. I, mean, I like Padua too. They're very like progressive Padua. in Padua. Very progressive. <laughs> they're giving out doctor. They're like, women can be doctors of philosophy. Um, okay, speaking of uh, firsts, Kim Campbell in 1993 was sworn in as what? Um, president. Close. <laughs> she was sworn in as the first female prime minister of Canada in Ooh. 1993. Oh. Kim Campbell was the first female prime minister of Canada. In what year? Uh, 1993. Wow. On the day June 25th. 
That's right. amazing. Um, I can't nine... believe we've never had a female head of state. It's we're insane. Probably, I think we're the only one left. <laughs> yeah, it's we're crazy. literally the, we're yeah. the worst. We're, I can't believe how far behind we are. Okay, there's it, three? There's, there's three on there's, this day? There's, <laughs> oh, my God. There's more. <laughs> In 1984, what American singer released his most successful studio album, Purple Rain, on <gasps> June 25th? Yes! Any, any guesses? Any guesses as to what American singer released Purple Rain Prince. on Ju- yeah, yeah, Prince. Yes. Purple Rain was dropped today story, but- in 1984. Yes. So that's a great June 25th, loaded with great news. That's a great on this day. On, in 1978. Oh my God, there's four? What? And this is this is a special one for you, <laughs> You just Clementine. talked about how long this segment this is, is. Yeah, and I apologize that this one is going to run long. <laughs> this one is specifically for you, Clementine. Um... It's a San Francisco fact, and you live in okay. San Francisco. Oh, what flag representing gay pride was flown for the first time during the San Francisco Gay Freedom Day Parade in 1978? The rainbow flag? That is correct. Mm. Yes, that is I correct. got two. Uh-huh. I think open with that. The rainbow flag debuted today in yes. June 25th, which is not the day you're listening. Uh, and then finally... Oh my this God, is, there's five... <laughs> You have five. <laughs> I have five, but this one is. Th- this started with one. Look, uh, th- I I couldn't overlook this fact because it is so tied to what we're talking about today, <laughs> um, and it's 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 incredible how I thought everything uh, just the alignment of fact felt too insane uh, to not mention, um, and yeah. this is a more serious one. I know it's been a very light segment, but this is more serious. <laughs> It's actually been a really heavy segment. Uh, in 1947, on June 25th, The Diary of a Young Girl, better known as The Diary of Anne Frank, mm-hmm. was published. Uh. So, uh, you know, it, we're, we're, we're talking about your book, um, <laughs> which is, is a similar story of a young girl <laughs> going through... You know what? Uh, to some extent, what is an incomprehensible experience? Mm-hmm. You know, and helping the the rest of the world understand it better. So I thought yeah. that was a very, a very I, on this day. Crazy thing, on I know. The, <laughs> I, I I love all of them. They're all connected. The girl who smiled beads. But guess what? So. I was just in Padova last year and loved the city. If anyone wants to go to Italy, like wants to have a great time, Padova is the largest growing city, actually, of many people from all over the world. That's so crazy you're mentioning from this. Middle East. Yeah. It's, Padua it's, is I, one I, of our chief sponsors of the program, so this is incredible. No. 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 no, we don't no. have sponsors. We're not sponsored He's by the lying. city of Padua. Guys, stop playing with me. So it's great, but I spoke at the university with all these teachers who are about to teach um, many uh, families from immigrant background, and then also they had a connection. It's, you know, the book is going to be published there on in July. So the girl who's my is going to be in Italian in um, in July. It's wow, that's so cool! In July. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. Well, with Canada, well, the girl who's my bees is there too. So I love Canada. It's my favorite. My favorite. My favorite. Well, part of North America. I really love it there. I love USA too, but I love it. <laughs> well, so we're, we're second. Um, we're second. I like Canada too. Yeah, Canada's yeah. pretty great. <laughs> I was just in Vancouver. It's a lovely place. <laughs> and then, well, Purple Rain, of course. I just think about Berlin when I think about Purple Rain with this one organization. And then, uh, well, someone became, well, I feel like all of it is connected. But yes, facts, facts, facts. 
facts are important, but I think also just connecting dots is also so important that everything is not disconnected, but it's connected. Yeah, it's that sense of us, yeah. like you were talking about. We yeah. had a lot of dots to disconnect. <laughs> Yeah. So that was yeah. on this day. <laughs> a nice short 10 minute segment. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I have a, uh, if we want to get back into it, um, mm. I have a question. Uh, it's something you talk about a lot in your book, uh, mm. which is, is, is this sensation, at least when you were younger, of when you had come to the States of, of impersonation. Uh, mm-hmm. Of of how you felt you had to, and this is something you referred to when, like that you have you we present identities, mm-hmm. um, and it in your book you discuss the experience of like impersonating for other people what you thought a regular girl was or a normal mm-hmm. girl. Do mm-hmm. you do you still feel as if you're impersonating uh, in some way or form like a, an identity or a person that you need to present something that is not who you think you are or or have you have you moved on to a different way of being or, or well not not anymore i think especially when i got to college like beginning so at hotchkiss i talk about a, at hotchkiss when i was at this boarding school and in in connecticut how i realized how how i had been that person right because i was always somebody somebody and for the first time i could just be me and I could be Clementine. And being in that process was in 2008. Being in that process of trying to find sort of different angles of who I am beyond other people projecting their idea of who I was, it was really difficult. It was really difficult, especially going back home um, and seeing people being like, you have changed. Um, or... Um, why you're not doing that anymore is because I had to change, like not change, change is the right word. Uh, it's not the right word. I had to shift different kinds of behavior. I had to shift different kinds of routines. I had to shift different way I was having conversation with people. You know how people ask you some type of question and then basically they freeze you? And then you're like, uh, well, I did that 10 years ago, so I'm not there anymore. Right. And sometimes you could follow, you you could literally fall into that, um, kind of like frozen. I'm, you know, like that kind of like, uh, well, I, I did that show like two years ago. I don't do that anymore. Now Mm -hmm. I've moved, you know, you know, yeah, the questions sort of like are referring to a person that you no longer are. Exactly. So that happened to me a lot. Like when I just started college. And then in the past, like, four years of my college, I just, like, had to slowly shed this different aspect of on how I was casted. So the word even cast, it's my favorite word. Um, you know, you both, you know, just being in the art world and being in movie world, mm. there's different TV. roles of, you know, TV. Where, like, there are all these different roles in which, you know, one is casted for. And you might get there and they'll be like, well, here are all the qualifications, right? And here are the qualifications that you are not, you know? And then you might need to go and work out. You might need to go get a hot cut. You might... So I refuse to do any of those things. You don't, yeah, you don't want to fit someone else's. You don't want to have to conform to someone else's vision for you. You want no. to establish your own identity. Exactly. I was like, I am done with this. I was so done with it to a point where I became kind of like 
people were like, oh, stay away from her. She's so X and Y and Z. And I was like, good. Because you don't need to be this character. You know? And like, I don't have time to be, you know, somebody's like casted and projected like this person, you know. And so it's it's healthy. It's really healthy to live the people in which sometimes helped us survive some particular to live, of course, those few lines or first few looks, you know, like, don't mess with me kind of look or like, you know, like there are a few things that you take with you and there are a lot of things that you leave behind. And for me, it's, I am working through that, of course, every day. But when I come into the room, I'm Clementine. And I'm Clementine, a person who's loved a person who's cared for and a person who loves herself and who wants everybody and everyone and everything to flourish around her. I am a child who is who was well thought out before I was born. And I know that. And no one's going to lie to me about that with whatever they have in front of them. So that's the person that I I I am. And that's how I want others to to be within themselves. And so if some one of my friends comes and like thinking about, oh, no, you know, being all petty about themselves, I'm like, get out of it. I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. I can't carry that for you. You can't carry that either. And so <laughs> yeah. it's it's both like reflection of who I am and the reflections of my friends, my family. I want all of us to be in our our, you know, like a truest self. Yeah, this beautiful, crazy short life that we have on this planet Earth, you know? Yeah. And, you know, do you feel like a big part of, you know, what, the message you want to send from this book and, you know, when you when you do these, um, you know, when you go on shows or, or whenever yeah. you're doing press about the book, do you feel like a, a big message is like, you know, if if someone like me can get through something like this, then other people can absolutely do the same? I, I well I I I am not um here to be able to say look at me be like me no not at all um because I think each one of us have our journey of of healing have our journey of growth and so for me it's just here's my words really here are my words here's my moment take whatever you can take leave whatever you cannot you know, take and that there's no mold of like, I did it. Then every, no, like, no, this is just my journey. This is my life. This is the story that I've shared, but that each one of us have our own story and have our own narrative. And some of us, our narrative, you know, our path crosses. And when we meet there, let's honor each other's path, no matter how, um, the path crosses, right? Um, yeah. And let's cherish, definitely let's cherish each other's, you know, triumph. Even you could just be like, I just survived college. I'm like, yes, let's do it. Let's party. Let's celebrate, right? <laughs> like, wherever it is and how the world has offered itself to your imagination and your world, like, let's meet in the middle. Like, I am not better than you and you're not better than me. Right. Yeah. And we are here. And so let's just be about it. That's what I mean by that. That's like, that's, that's what the girl who smiled bees is about. Let's meet about, let's, let's just dance about it. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get, get rid of is. the sort of trivial 
uh, invented obstacles to our greater connection and embrace exactly. uh, our, our, our existence together. Absolutely. And, 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 and knowing that, and knowing that in the goodness, in the goodness in which you're in, either with your family, with your community, with whatever finance, whatever it is that has allow you to be yourself, how then you extend it forward? How then you expand it, right? And that, 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 that you just continue being a part of that like full circle. And so that you're not like, oh, I've gone to this level, whatever level you want to be um, alone, right? Or I, I've survived these things, but I'm not alone. I'm with like a crew of people. I'm with millions and millions of other people. And so, I don't know, it's just like, there's that word authentic, but it's not that word. It's just like, I'm living my best life, um, also that word, but just how is it? that your best life is an extension of other people's best life. And then also the opposite of that too. I mean, that's a really beautiful thought that your best life is an extension of other people's best lives. I really yeah. love that. That's yeah. such a, that's such a, it, it really is sort of an affirming positive way to look at how we could be spending our time together. Yeah. On this planet. Let's just chill. Let's like, I don't, I don't want anyone to suffer. Let's just get high and save the world. Um, do you, I think, I think, uh, speaking of, that should uh, be a title of something. Yeah, it should, it should have, it should have been the title <laughs> of something. Okay. So if you know me, you know that I have incredible teeth and a lot of people ask me why. And it's cause I actually have been using the quip toothbrush that's been given to me. And the truth is that we, I've been brushing my teeth wrong. Uh, for for a long time. How about you, Lucas? Do you brush them wrong? I I think I've been brushing them right, but that that's when I realize that I've been doing it wrong. Because a lot of what I think I've been doing right in my life is it's actually not. wrong, and that's a big part that's of quip. the thing. Yeah, yeah, it's not just toothbrushing. It's it's not. It's it's almost everything. So why not eliminate brushing as one of the things? Yeah, that they you do figured wrong. out how to do it right. They might as well tell me so I can do it. Yeah, most brands focus on selling gimmicks. You know, they they don't want to talk to you about brushing, but not quip. So what makes it different? All right. First, Quip is an electric, electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. I've had those brushes. They suck. And it still packs the right amount of vibrations to help clean your teeth. It's light. Um, it's got a built-in timer, and it helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. I always you know forget. You know what's my favorite? Well, I'll tell you what my favorite thing is. Is that I had used my toothbrushes for about three to five years before I replace them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I just never replace toothbrushes. But Quip, you don't have to worry about replacing it because they just deliver new brush heads or toothpaste right to your door. Yeah, and so the subscription plans... if you're a lazy plans... son of a gun like me, it just, it's perfect. Right, and the subscription plans are... They're, they're for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. It comes with a mount. It suctions... I've done it. It suctions right to your mirror, and it unsticks, and then you could stick it back again, and you just keep putting on mirror. I put it in four different on four different mirrors last week. Four different mirrors. I've been everywhere. You've been it's brushing your teeth everywhere. Everywhere. Sometimes I brush in my bedroom just to, just to see how it sticks to the 
the mirror, and it uses a, uh, a, hyg- a hygienic travel uh, holder wherever you take your teeth. I take my teeth everywhere. And finally, everyone loves Quip. They were on Oprah's O-List, named one of Time's Best Inventions and the first subscription electric toothbrush accepted by the American Dental Association, or as you call it, Lucas, the, the ADA. ADA. Yep, that's and the only thing I call it. They're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists, and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers use Quip every day. So Quip starts at just $25, and if you go get Quip at getquip.com slash gethigh, that's getquip, G-E-T-Q-I-P dot com slash gethigh, G-E-T-H-I-G-H. Right now, you'll get your first refill pack for free, free, with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's a first refill, refill pack for free at getquip.com slash gethigh. If it's all right with you, I think it's time we'd like to do another segment. Lightning. Okay. Is it okay? Is that all right? Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm here. So this, this one's here. this one's heavily uh, involving Inter- you. This one is a lot more interactive than on this day was. This is okay. lightning, lightning round. round sound effect. <laughs> okay. You don't have to and say sound that? effect. The sound effect just happened. <laughs> 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 I say it in so many. I love it. I love it every time. Um, okay, part. so this one, you, I'm sure you know this, but uh, the lightning round, it's it's a way to learn a little bit we about you. We hate to about waste you. your time with Yeah, we don't waste your time. This, this isn't about you. you this know. is about the you listeners who, who for some reason just started listening, but... Um, Honestly, it's the same reason I introduced the On This Day uh, segment in such length. I'm glad you understand that, Barry. Yeah. So we're yes. going to we're going to ask you five questions about yourself. Well, ten questions. Well, five. I'm going to ask you five, and I'm also going to ask you five. <laughs> but we don't need to. You don't need to know about Lucas's yet. This is just about okay. mine. Um, I'm going to okay. ask you five. This is you, all we ask is that you're honest, and then you get you 30 really seconds. You really have to be honest. You get 30 seconds to answer all five. He's going to ask you oh, all five right away. I'm going to ask all you, five. And you have to remember them and answer in 30 seconds. Okay, let's do it. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, so all five, and then you, then you answer. Here we go. And honesty is key. Honesty is essential. Okay, here we go. Ready? Lightning round one. One. <laughs> I don't ever are you, that. you guys are not gonna sell this information for like to get me back later on, right? Like, <laughs> to what? oh yeah, no, we're, this. this is all about blackmail and extortion. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm a little I'm bit, like, I'm <laughs> a little bit disappointed <laughs> that you figured this out so no. quickly. We're not gonna sell these answers, <laughs> but you've agreed to play the game, so we'll push on. <laughs> you actually, by participating, you agree that we can financially uh, uh, do whatever we like, benefit <laughs> in any way by these questions. Okay, here uh-huh. we go. Ready? One. What is the green room green room like at a TED Talk? I imagine veggies and coconut water. Am I right? <laughs> Two. Who is your hero? Three. How many times have you read our, uh, your own book? Does it get better for you each time? Unless you've only read it once, then how did that feel? Four. <laughs> sconces or lantern lights? Five. What makes you happy? Go. Great. And if you can't remember any, it's fine. You won't get a point. But we're going oh. to we're we're going to try. So here here you go. I think these are some very good questions. Yes. By the way. Okay. In any order. Okay, so Ted, um, well, Ted, you know, yeah, coconut water. There was. <laughs> there was coconut water. Point yeah, for so you probably find coconut water and some fruits. Ah, um, no veggies. Okay. Y- yeah, no, oh. well, maybe veggies. I'm just oh. trying to remember last time I was there. Okay. And then, uh, man, this is terrible. Um, no, 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 you're doing great so far. Yeah, right now. Some well, of our guests don't even get one. So how many times I've read my book? So many times. And in fact... 
sometimes when I read, when I go back, I see some like things that I didn't want it to be done. I was like, damn it, I, need to, I cannot. <laughs> you know? you um, Do you then, correct oh, it with oh, a pencil? Oh yeah, fine. This, this thing should be spelled differently. <laughs> <laughs> Can we expand on this? Uh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Appreciating um, your honesty there. That's okay. good. Yeah. That's great. And uh, wait, what was another? Do you need help? Yes, I need help. Okay. Um, Love one of them was who is your hero? <laughs> my hero, I, I don't. I my heroes are trees, man. I love trees. trees. That's great. great. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great answer. Honestly, I should have said maybe what or who or trees or are whom. whose? Whose? Yeah, yeah. trees are whose. Who? I love. I love. Okay. Trees are whose. Yeah. yeah, trees. I love. I. I mean, I love trees. I mean, I could be in the. I can be. What in kind of tree? This is a separate question. What kind of tree would you be? You this mean, won't who, count. You mean whom kind of tree? Whom would kind you of be? tree would you whom? Kind of tree? Well, the what redwoods. tree would you whom? A red yeah. tree? The redwoods? Great <laughs> redwoods. answer. Very NorCal. Yeah. That's a yeah. great NorCal. answer. I like that. Okay, so do you need yeah. more help? Provincial. Okay. Yes, I need uh, more help. Sconces or lantern lights? Uh, wait. What? Sconces <laughs> or lanterns? Lanterns, definitely. Oh, great! I like that answer. And then yeah. five. Yeah. What makes you happy? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice simple one just a quick simple answer for that right simple now, question just, right now talking to you guys is making me so happy oh, yeah. that's, well you're sucking well, up you to the judges point, but, but I do like great. it yeah. <laughs> you, we're actually giving you zero points for that round but I, I, that's probably the most enjoyable zero points round I've ever been a yeah. part of I can't, and I feel I, flattered it's, oh, Barry's in charge of the points for that round so however many points I wanted to give you you're going to end up with zero but uh, it was super enjoyable. And Barry, I'd like to give you a point oh. uh, because uh, that the, that was so great, get, such a great guess on the TED Talk ah. that there'd be coconut water there. Well, you know what? I'm going to transfer my point to Clementine because oh my goodness. I feel bad that she didn't get a point. We truly by the are rules. connected. But the rules are can today. transfer a point to yeah, you. Yeah, so I remember <laughs> one point. It's a rarely invoked rule, but you just gained a point, Clementine. Um, okay, so now it's well round done. two. Lightning round. Uh, yeah. Just so you know, this is I'll be asking the questions now, which is why it sounds like a different person is talking to you. Um, <laughs> it's it's essentially uh, in every way, shape, facet, and form. It is the uh, it operates the exact same way as round one, except that it okay. is now round two. Do you okay. understand? Okay, she's got great. It. She's yes. got it. you've got it. Um, yeah. Lighting round, round two, one. Why is Yale better than Harvard? Two. Oprah or Ellen? Be honest. Three. How tall is too tall? Four, if you were to write a fictional book, what would it be about and what would the title be? Five, Barry Manilow or Barry Rothbard? Oh, and that's remember me, Barry Rothbard. that Barry Rothbard is here talking to us. Okay. You have to be honest. Okay, go. Uh, I Do I hear writing? Are you writing him down? <laughs> I, I, I will completely forget. I've, okay, so <laughs> Yale. Yale. But why? Why, why Yale? Um, well, even if I didn't go there, I just okay. So at a Harvard Yale game, oh my gosh, I'm about to be so honest. So at a Harvard Yale game, at a Harvard Yale game, if you really want to know, go to Harvard Yale game uh, and go to where there are like just the tailgates. Then you will know why. When you go, I, I did not expect that answer. Harvard, I got to be honest. At the Harvard Yale <laughs> answer, I would. Want, I never expected you to say that they had better tailgates. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, because it's it, it just you would know like who is the, who's more who's just more like think they're like 
forgotten about that the rest of the world is to share with everybody. That's how you will know. Okay. So okay. That I like is that answer. Literally, because for me, it's just simple. If you don't clean where you've spent your time, like for me, that is just like you've missed a whole, you know, yeah. you've missed a whole history of a human history. Yeah. Really, yeah. like just clean. <laughs> Mm. After yourself, oh, like, like messy, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. because they're messy. Someone... Harvard, Harvard, Harvard kids are a bunch of litterers. <laughs> no, I did not say that. No, you just said they're you dirty litterers. And then I just want to give you one example. Well, it's on the I'm record, saying... Harvard. You're a bunch <laughs> of dirty littering, dirty litterers. No, I did not say that. You didn't need to say it, Clementine, because we all know it. <laughs> That's a, I'm, and I Yale like that. Has the answer. best tailgates. Yeah, Yale I, kills it at the tailgate game. <laughs> Do you need help? Do you remember the next question? <laughs> you guys are terrible. No, no, no. No, okay. no, no. <laughs> then I remember something about fiction. Fiction. Yeah. Um, if you were to write a fictional book, what would it be about? And what would the title be? Um. Man. Uh, That's a really hard. Just remember question. you. That is like <laughs> you ever. <laughs> That's such a hard question. Oh my God, that's so Almost hard. Almost as hard as understanding what makes you happy, probably. You're asking her to pitch probably. you a book. <laughs> if I was writing a fiction. How do you know she's not writing fiction? That's Yeah, well, then this would be very easy to answer, I presume. <laughs> you know, it's so, it's so hard because everything fictional, it's like related to real life. So I probably just like create this character, like who just, just like, Ship shifts and Ooh. and well, almost yeah like so like young shifts. adult yeah yeah shape like shift cool. shifts but like not to you know how all these super powers they always have like something to save you know mm-hmm. like the thing is this times just have fun like oh. nothing to save literally nothing to like, save oh there's a party uh, across town I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna yeah. shape shift so into shape a car shift. so I could drive there I was gonna say really long legs so I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a bowling alley over there. Yeah. So I'm gonna, you know, turn into a bowling ball. Into a bowling ball and yeah. make a friend. Um, <laughs> so what would the title of your book be? What would the title of the shape shifting bowler? Be I think that's. I don't know. I the shape shifting bowler. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to tell you. You have to tell me. It would be. What's that? What's that beautiful color? Well, right now. The color purple. Is, <laughs> no. no, not that book. All right. Fair enough. Oof. This is this is a reminder of another question. <laughs> well, so well, I was thinking also for the tall. I think I remember tall because you were just talking about growing bunch of legs and walking everywhere. Mm-hmm. But um, tall. I don't know. I can't say tall is too tall. I have no idea. I'm sure the person who's the tallest. Um, I'm sure the person who's the tallest, you know, they think they're not that tall, you know. And if people look at them, they're like, "What? You guys never <laughs> seen anyone tall?" <laughs> you know. Like, so no tall is too tall. No tall is too tall. That's the, that's. The I like word. that. I like yeah, that. I don't right? know if you've ever flown uh, Southwest, but uh, <laughs> there's, turns out six one is too tall. <laughs> boom! Boom! Bam. I'm actually boom six foot there. and a half. I'm not six one. Uh, uh, oh, so you're taller. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. No, six foot and a half. Oh, six foot and a half. So Not shorter. Not six one. Yeah. Half an inch. Okay. I round up. I, you're six foot fine. one. Yeah. Um, so I, I like that answer. Did you get them all? No. There's two more questions. <laughs> two more you missed. Two more questions. Um, you're nearing the end of your 30 second time limit. Oh man. Um. Uh, you, oh, is it was Oprah and Ellen? Oprah I, or I, Ellen? 
Oh, I think I, I Degenerate. Think that's a very hard. I, I my honest, I just wish that they would come and hang out and have a show together, and I just go and dance. Oh, oh yeah, that's you'd like great. to be a, you'd like to be a dancer on the O'Prellin show. Yeah, I'm okay. just like I, I, yeah, Oprah. I'll tell you, so I think I want to produce think, that show. That sounds right? like a lot of ratings. Can you please do it? <laughs> and you know what? Every 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 time money. you come with like a new money. guest and like just have a good time with You're them. pitching a lot of great stuff this in this is lightning great round. Stuff. I was going to say that. Okay, what is uh, the, we have the one last more one. final question? Oh, I, this is the big one. <laughs> yeah. This is the one we've all Very been waiting just remembered. for. Yeah. Okay. Do you remember? Do you need help? N- no, I don't remember. Okay, it's Barry Manilow. Or Barry Rothbart. And remember, Barry Rothbart is in the studio with it's us right now. It's insulting you have to keep reminding her that. <laughs> and you have to be honest. Barry Should Manilow I just say... Or Barry Rothbart. I don't know, you guys. I just oh, don't know. I no. Just, I just, oh, no. I, I'm just meeting you guys. I can't. I, you you know, want, but terrible. we just... Am I I'm better than Barry Manilow? I, listen, listen. You so have... I'm, as you say, I want to be honest, right? Like, yeah, oh, no. I, I do. You have honest to be honest. With, like, I can't be like one of those people like blindly choose. Like that is just not cool. And you know, you know Barry Manilow. So you're saying that well, you would pick Barry, Barry. You can say it. Yeah. You, no, yeah. It's, it's unfair because I need to have a chance. Do you know Barry Manilow? I, would you have say you met him personally? Can, would you say that it's easier to know a person by their work or by an hour of conversation with them? For me, you know what? When they're not knowing that I'm watching them and then the way they behave, that's how I pick. Oh, so you'd, oh. if you put Barry Manilow in sort of like a, a maze and then Barry Rothbard in a maze <laughs> next to Barry Manilow. And I, like, I like that the small chance of insulting no, like, Barry Manilow kept like, you guys, from like, saying the nice thing to me that, I, that I'm better than him. <laughs> The, the tiny chance, but that he's I, think, I mean, I, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate all the different I do perspectives that here. Honesty. But that's actually uh, the bravest, just the probably you did the bravest pick choice. Barry Manilow, just on the record, yeah. Barry Manilow is your selection. I got to say how brave that is. So that's very brave. We really admire your courage and your honesty. That's the main I, thing. I want to make sure that this is like edited and like not edited, so that everyone, <laughs> like I, we just edit my voice over your voice, going Barry I Rothbard. <laughs> I choose him. <laughs> okay. Okay, great. Yeah, well, I'm, def- I'm going to give you a point for your lightning oh, round, Clementine. Because she was so brave. She yeah, was, was so brave. brave. That was brave. She sucked up hard to us in lightning round, round one, when she was like, oh, the best thing is having fun with us. That's what makes her happy. But round two, she really brought the honesty, and you could tell because she chose Barry Vadalo over you. Guys, <laughs> So congratulations! That's two points coming out of lightning round, which is honestly the, one you. of the best that anyone's ever done on our show. It's wow. really hard to succeed. Um, if I could jump back into some uh, some serious questions, real okay. quick, if that's okay. Uh, I, I first of all, I loved your t- your TED your your TED talk. It was incredible. You could um, yeah. What? No, Thank I was gonna you. say you could tell that you had enjoyed uh, some electrolyte electrolyte. Uh, Rich, you okay. coconut water. You're right, man. Coconut yeah, like, water. yeah. Some electrolyte rich. Yeah, you seem water. very hydrated You're with hydrated coconut water. And fresh. Um, <laughs> you know, I was watching it uh, with my wife. Shout out, shout out to Grace. Grace, um, what up, yo? Hi, Grace. And we both were. Uh, we loved your final line, which was, "Who are we without words?" Um, mm-hmm. And we had our own interpretation of what that might mean. But I, I, I'm genuinely curious. What, what, what would you say? What is the meaning behind that? Well, mm. 
So I remember um, coming up with that sort of thought when I went to um, this breathwork, uh, Lisa, she's actually in LA. I highly recommend you go see her. I will send you the info, but she does an incredible session of breathwork. And I had to pulse my like heart at such a high level that all I like I have never breath like breathed the way she led me to breathe. And 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 then I, I became almost like a little bit of like panic panicked. I panicked because the last time that I breathed like that it was when we were like you know, fleeing and we were we were so scared to get caught. And so that like brought up some intense like crazy crazy trauma in my my moment and then I had to like lower it lower it lower it and just breathe just remember to breathe that that part is a part of my body but that part does not govern who I am with words with sound with all the images all of it and then so that that was one of the moment and then I did again I did another breath work with her and it was, ooh, it was, sorry, I'm just going to need a moment. Um, um, uh, I was with Summit, uh, Summit I see. It was last year. Was it last year? In November was just right after the election, and it was a cruise, and um, and you know, hundreds and hundreds of people are packed into all those rooms, and 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 I was really overwhelmed uh, by the by the experience, all of it again. And to be invited and to be this part, last time, I, you know, for my first time on it, it was like a little bit like I had no idea what to expect. And, and, um, sorry, I, I'm, I'm going to take a little bit of my time because I'm trying to Please, yeah. feel yeah, about no, no, it no. and, yeah, no um, to feel about it. Take as much um, time as you need. And, And I was just so nervous because I was like, this time again, I've chose to be on a cruise. Because, you know, you do first thing first and then you do it because you, you, you've chosen. And, and this time I chose to want to be there and they invited me and it was really great. And and so my and then I realized once I got on on the cruise, I panicked because I just felt like such an intense shake in me. And and then so I spent a lot of time doing yoga, and of course, one of the moment I, I end up seeing Lisa again. Um, she was there for breath work, and and I joined her again. And then she like really, it, it, it was actually it was not Lisa. It was uh, that community, but it was sound. It was sound, um, a sound bath, and there were all these different crystals, and and so they had done this sound bath, and the whole and we were right in the middle of the crew. They, 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 part of the ship and and then there was a pool and so the water so I felt like I had been held on the top of the water and 
and I was recalling a different memory. And I was recalling the memory of my dream when I was a child in Congo and the ship being able to sink. And in that moment, I realized that I was in this beautiful cruise with all these different people I just met and it was just gorgeous. It was beautiful. And everybody, I turned around, all these different people from all over the world, right? Who can afford to be on that ship, right? But at the same time, there were all these different people who work on the cruise and they speak so many languages and they come from all over the world, all over the world. And they were taking care of us. And they were cooking for us and they were cleaning for us. And they do that every day in and out. Right. And, and, and these people are from just just all these different places. And then at the same time, also, I thought about all the Africans who were rounded up in those big boats and brought to all over the world. As cargo and all my, my, all my, all that I am as a human connected to all those humans, I was like, who are we without words? How can we connect through time in which we have decided to be so separated from each other? to misuse each other, to label each other. Who are we in our breath? Your ancestors, our ancestors and ancestors and ancestors, before we could even have a language, who are we in our breath? So that's what I meant by that. Who are we? Without words, because without words, we're our breath and our heartbeat. So that's what I was trying to convey. But you see, with with Ted, you have such a short time, and also everything is like beat, right? Mm-hmm. And it's buzzword, 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 data, 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 data. I wanted to pierce to the data. I wanted to pierce into all these different ways in which we have been. We have programmed ourselves to see, to take in information. That's incredible. Yeah, that's. It reminds me of a, uh, actually, a phrase from your book, which was really resonated with me. And you quote your uh, grandmother saying it, which is like, "You lose your language, you disappear." Um, mm. And and that was such an interesting, like, the, there's so much of the book is related to like the power to understand and the incapacity to understand, mm-hmm. and language and the and the word seems so related to to those um, possibilities. You know? Absolutely. So I, I, you know, like it's re- it was really breathtaking hearing you talk about you know without words who are we? Could you sort of talk about? Because you came back to it fairly intensely in the book that you lose your language, you disappear. And I was really wondering to get your take on sort of what your, if you could explain what that means to you. Oh, my goodness. I, I feel like for me, it's just language. Because I grew up in so many languages, you know, it's Kinyarwanda and French. 
Kirundi and French, Swahili and French and Kibembe and Lingala. And then, you know, and then, and then Tanzanian Swahili and then, uh, and then Chichewa and then Portuguese and then Afrikaans and then French and then again back to English and then, um, and then Nyanja and then Zulu, right? And so, and then now English and then many other languages that I hear. And so I grew up in so many languages and, and it's all to communicate. It's all to be able to get the day, to go through the day. And so for, for me, language now has a different shape of my existence, the way I use it, the way my grandmother taught to me, or the way in which Kinyarwanda is spoken. You know, Kinyarwanda is such a, an, an intense, beautiful language. And, and so there's so much for me that I have access to borrow. I have access to borrow from so many language, so many languages, but all to get into one place. And that place is the language of our humanity, shared humanity, and all the things that are around us. So, so going back to your question for me, like language for me now, I disappear. When I disappear, I disappear into the woods. When I disappear, I disappear into flowers. When I disappear, I disappear into all these different places. So, yes, whatever your mother tongue is, whatever language in which your people speak, there's honor to it. You know, there's an honor. There's, there's, there's a connection, a communication. There's all these different things. I'm like, yes, in English I could communicate, but I'm falling back to so many other languages. Mm. So, like, language to me just means being able to get into the language of our shared humanity. Wow. wow that's really cool. That's really cool. <laughs> it's kind of cryptic, too. One day, one day we'll take it down a little bit. No, I think that's, <laughs> I, I think it's, it's important. I mean, it's like, uh, I, and I guess to wrap it up, you know, we we're kind of running out of time. Unless you do, you have something else you want to ask? Uh, no, I mean, if you have a few more, a few yeah. more minutes, I don't know if you want to. Do yeah, another no, I have segment, another uh, question. I have another quick question. Yeah, um, if you have time uh, to for us, Clementine, we don't want to. I, I am another... here. I told you, I could hang out with you guys all day. All right. Uh, um, so, <laughs> that's, no, yeah. I I think that you know, and Ditto. you know, feel Ditto. free. If <laughs> you you might not have exactly the answer for this, but you know. There are a lot of parallels between, um, you know, and I, again, now I feel weird using the word genocide, but, you know, mm. through the through the many genocides and what we're seeing in, in our society now, whether or not mm. it's, the, it's the same, people like to make a lot of comparisons. Um, what can the everyday person, what, would, what advice would you give to the everyday person who kind of feels like the world is crumbling around them right now? Oh... Yeah, sorry, I'm just trying to see an image and I'm trying to see a picture. I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see 
somebody. I'm just trying to see somebody. Um, yeah. Well, so however the world is offering to you and to your imagination, that this is your life. This is your life. And this is your moment. And however, however the world is offering, either if it's suffering um, or, or joy, um, that all of it, it's, it's, it's all yours. And so however you want to experience this, whoever is causing it has no control except you. And I'm not sure if that those words are enough. Yeah. Because I just feel like those of us that are causing pain or all of us who are causing joy, I just want us to come and hang out. <laughs> And, and eat about it and dance about it and yeah so true oh god I, I wish uh maybe you can remember this right now it reminds me so much there was a phrase or uh, there was like a a phrase in for, rwanda for when people wanted to resolve an argument and it was <laughs> such a beautiful phrase it was like uh yeah. this it's like so, something about how this conflict is <laughs> yeah, terrible unless it, yeah like, it's actually it's it's a swahili word nishauriye Nishaudiyeh. Can you explain? Yeah, can you explain what it means again? I don't want to paraphrase. Yeah, Nishaudiyeh. It's just like, you know, consult me, advise me. But it's so humbling, someone who has done you wrong, to come and just look at you in the face and say, you know, you know, just advise me. You know, just advise me on on how to not make you be hurt anymore, or advise me because I'm confused, or advise me because I don't understand you. It's yeah. such a, it's such a like that yin yang, like that fine line in between. Um, because it all leads us to choices, then both ends, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I know. I become a when I'm like trying to go deep. I bec I feel like I become like one of the Buddhists. People are like, "Are you sure you're not a Buddhist?" I'm like, "I'm a Buddhist monk. I'm not sure." I'm Buddhist. I'm Buddhist. I'm Buddhist. <laughs> Yeah. Um, th this actually is a great, great, uh, for just a, a last question that I'd like to ask you. Um, um, you guys have a lot of last questions. I know, yeah, I know. Because we keep, uh, I love it. We keep, because yeah. Lucas keeps asking more questions. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's, it's, you know, the way, it's about Swahili, because uh, mm. you talking about your book that you, that, you know, sometimes when you're angry, you think in Swahili, mm -hmm. or that how Swahili, uh, that when you, you learn to express your emotions, it was in Swahili, which is mm -hmm. why it stayed with you. And mm -hmm. that you think in the book, you, you, you say that Swahili is like a dance to you. Mm -hmm. And I thought that mm -hmm. was really just like evocative. And I was wondering <laughs> if you can explain what that means to you. Um, yeah, what that means to you, that Swahili is like a dance to you. Well, it's one of the, the collection of Bantu speaking languages. 
but it's also Arab, it has Arabic in it and it has like all these different other languages all like mixed together. And so you feel, um, you feel, at least when I speak it, I feel like, um, like there's just something about life, you know, there's just something freer and not confined about life. You know, it's just like moving, you know, through space with no confinement. Um, and so I, I really love the language and I, and I, and I think also it's just the feel that I had when I went, um, that to, um, Mombasa in, 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 in that region of our world. And it's right by, you know, just beautiful ocean and Indian ocean. And so you're able to just like feel the rhythm, uh, of this space and especially Lamu, Lamu. Lamu for me, you know, uh, the, 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 the phrase Hakuna Matata? Yeah, yeah, of course. yeah, of course. So like that word, it's, it's very much for the like Lamu. When you're in Lamu, you will be on this beautiful boat and someone will look at you and say, like, Hakuna Matata, Hakuna Shida, you know, like, there's no worry. Just, just keep going. You know, huh. it's, it's such, it gives you like, yeah. Yeah, there's no worry. What am I panicking about? Means you know, no passing like, phrase. <laughs> yeah, means no you know? worries. Yeah, for the rest so of your days. days. Yeah, yeah. The Lion King took that word and did not give you guys. Oh, like, that's the from Lion King. Yeah, yeah. Side of it. Yeah, there's yeah. even more. I thought to that it. was a song I made up. Y- yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought we were just writing it together. <laughs> <laughs> but so that's what I mean yeah, that's by great. for me. Like what it means to dance, it just gives you so much freedom to be able to connect with yourself and with the moment that you're in and 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 then also like it gives you the flexibility to be angry because there's sometimes like the word in English, I'm angry. I'm angry. Like when you say I'm angry. In Swahili you don't say, Oh, you know, I'm mad. You talk about how mad you are. You you do everything how mad you are like and you, you can feel phrase it, it and yeah, you express you feel it. it it's like it's openly very, expressed yeah it's the language but it's the same thing like when people you know like in italian like the italian does that have freedom and it's just like you know just be mad be mad about it um and so you know again this your question also this goes back to languages you know it's 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 whichever language you which you come from you just need to examine it you know, you need to put it like a microscope on it and be like, how is this giving me the joy of being human? And how is it also confining me? You know, it's in the words in which we speak that in which we are sometimes. Wow. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's the words beautiful. in which we speak are, are in which we are. So that's as our cool, final yeah. question, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we always like to ask our guests at the end of the podcast to... So technically uh, this is our final question. N- well, it's it's more <laughs> of a suggestion. Uh, we like to um, have our guests recommend uh, a place to either donate oh, money yes. or donate your time, a charity or an organization of their choice. And uh, what, what, would you, uh, what would you tell our guests is a worthwhile organization or charity? So... Um, I, I'm I'm an organization. I'm Clementine Inc. Okay. Um, so one of the most need thing in terms of donation is donation of just spreading the word about the girl who smile beads. Mm. I'm in need of donation of time, um, of posting on Instagram, on Facebook, on your Snapchat, and whatever it is. 
you know, like I am so in need of help. And I think word of mouth is really awesome. It's the best advertising. And I need everybody's help. I I would appreciate it because, it, well, because of so many places that I, I have been on my tour, I'm realizing the need for people to understand a person who's seeking seeking refuge now in our time and people who do not have a home, right? Mm -hmm. People who do not have a home and what that life is like and people who do not have a country to call their own and people who do not have a full family to call themselves into. And so I have done my best for 15 years to bring this memoir into the world's hands, into the reader, into the listener because of audio. And I just want to spread the word because it's to feel about it. So donating time to help us feel about it. That's great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you think it could be a bri uh, another bridge of understanding for people to understand yeah. the, you know, because we're in a global refugee crisis. Yeah. And there is a real sort of chasm of understanding uh, from the people who are seeking uh, refuge and the people who have it. And yes, so, but so... also people's family being split apart all over the world. Yeah. Wars split families. Policies split families. Lack of not understanding of us. This is all of us. This is all of us. Yeah, so absolutely. Wow. So uh, wow. listeners, yeah. if you haven't been paying attention, read Clementine Maria's book, The Girl Who Smiled Beads, and tell everyone else about it. Tell everyone, everyone donate it. your time, and yeah. I, spread I, the word. Yeah. And I will tell Watch you, the TED, anything really, get me, connect. Yeah, connect, yeah and connect. I can tell you firsthand, I read the book, uh, and it is great, start to finish, and it's a really... Um, just uh, provocative and uh, moving story. And I think one that absolutely uh, helps to bridge sort of mm -hmm. the understanding between between communities who, who, who have experienced and who have not experienced or who, you know, who, who sit in a different perspective from each other. Yeah. I think absolutely I'd recommend reading it. And I, I appreciate yeah. your time. And uh, oh, I, hope, I hope that one day um, I rise above Barry Manilow. <laughs> In your oh mind. My I mean, just you know, I would have picked you, Barry. I would have obviously pick Barry Rothbard. You know me, yeah. Uh -huh. well, There's thanks. not a chance me, I would have picked Barry Manilow. But uh, I totally. Then I would decide. Okay. Yeah. Well, come on down to Los Angeles. We're here. Um, thank you so much for being thank on the you show. So much. Thank you so much for having him. This was so much fun. It was. I hope I get back on again. Yeah. It's my favorite. We'll see if my we have favorite. time. No, we will. Okay. We will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Thanks Take again. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank bye -bye. you. Bye-bye. Thank you. It's a good show. <laughs>